All right, where did I leave off? From the good girl experiment. I realize I, I, I didn't finish my story about what happened when I got diagnosed with that nodule on my thyroid. The insurance company was unable to get me in to see an endocrinologist to do a biopsy for three months. So I realized I could either worry for three months or I can do my best to make myself as healthy as I possibly can to repair the stress that I had put upon my body from pushing and over caffeinating and lack of sleep and worry and taking on too much over promising under delivering feeling guilty as fuck about it <laughs> um yeah i was i was drowning i was drowning in my my health my physical pain and sick all the time i had pneumonia three times already i'd had bronchitis every year it just it just fucking sucked and Oops, hold on. Technical difficulty. All right, I'm back. Oh, I've got to set my timer. So, yeah. I realized that I needed to make a change in the way I treat, was treating myself. And I needed to take advantage of this time that I had before this biopsy because their path, their options for me were extremely invasive and I was being badly triggered and in panic frozen state mode, which I knew was just making everything worse because when you clench, you have less oxygen going through your body your tissues and creating um, havoc on our immune system when we're clenching and we're holding our breath back and affects our circulation and our metabolic state. So I ended up having an acupuncturist, an osteopath, a colon therapist, I gathered um, just different practitioners. I had friends that were willing to do energy work for me. And my husband was a massage therapist. Um, I can't remember if he was going to massage school yet or not. But anyway, um, when that three months was up and I've got that biopsy appointment, she was unable to find anything that all the other physicians had confirmed. But on that day, she was unable to find anything. And she told me that my thyroid was probably bumpy that day. I tried to tell her what I had done 
she cut me off and as soon as she heard I was vegetarian started lecturing me about soy <laughs> milk and I'm like and I couldn't get my calcium from soy milk where now at this point my energy has changed I have tightened up shields up body armor up I am now well acquainted to the moment that happens when someone tries to when someone's not listening to me and they're just shutting me down they're 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 wanting to control the situation and i wanted to get the fuck out of there so i just shut up <laughs> like let her do her things you know it was it was in that moment where her truth of what she perceived in me was so far from the truth and lacking like such a huge judgment in a matter of minutes and it was it, it was just insane so i walked out of there happy success um that our body does have alchemy that our fuel and our environment and our self-talk and our connection to our vessel all has a huge effect on how we feel being in our vessel and what we just do what we can do with what we got but the basics um since like i said at that time we were balls fucking deep in the mortgage crisis and working seven days a week you know three different jobs just juggling and struggling all our time was on the freeway and it, you know we lived on takeout as we did everything we could to hold on to our home so as i was saying as a good girl ex experiment was at this time i had tried what i call chakra alchemy i decided just to focus I had decided just to focus on one particular area of my body, you know, human anatomy. And to this day, it's just, we're unraveling its mysteries and its synergies with our environment on, you know, a quantum level, a social level. Uh, so I was at that point like why the fuck not i was willing to do anything and also the other thing is is it's not like i just walked out of that appointment with the endocrinologist with a perfect bill of health i was still my chi was depleted my thyroid was fucking crashed um they had medication they wanted to give me and that i just called plan b i wanted to stick with the team that had got me this healthy to this point and we continued 
to work together. And um, I was very grateful because um, knowing all these different practitioners was one of the things that helped me be able to get us through that really stressful period with the mortgage crisis where I was spending so much chi pushing because we were in survival mode and this is what had to be done, period. And there are times you, you know, it, that's it. You just, you take on the responsibility and you do your best to build the next level for yourself. And so that's what we did. Now, in terms of looking at it from a chakra alchemy point of view, where I was also looking at spiritually, I mean, I had, was wearing the throat chakra crystals, I was doing the yoga throat chakra poses, I was, like I said, getting energy work done, I was getting acupuncture work done, I was having physical work done. Um, so in addition to cleansing, I was doing herbs and adaptogens and drinking teas that would restore my chi and build my immune system so that I, um, stop getting so sick every winter. And where I had first kind of even got the idea to do this chakra alchemy was when I was going through a horrific heartbreak, you know, um, I've talked about this guy I thought who was Mr. Right and turned out I was only Miss Right now. And when I found out he was getting married, it was just I knew it because I had a dream about it, but at the same time, here I was celibate. I was, you know, in the midst of trying so hard to be a good girl and failing. That, it took me 10 years to get initiated to that yoga path because I kept breaking all the vows and, you know, um, you know, triggers. It was like, you know, you, you got to get the energy out somehow. So, <laughs> and it was learning new ways. And, and this is when I started getting back into coloring and art therapy and taking art classes and staying busy because I was looking for new ways to channel that energy instead of these bad girl adventures I would go on. And... A friend of mine has said to me, you, your heart chakra, my Pisces friend, she had said, your heart chakra is closed. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? She's like, well, I don't know how to explain it. It's I just, I can see it in your aura and it's closed. And I'm like, well, how the fuck do I open it? And she's like, well, that's it. You have to go find out. And so we ended up going to this new age bookstore in LA that I just love. I had been to before a lot of times called the Bodhi tree and they just had kitty cats roam the bookstore and there was always complimentary hot tea and little nooks and crannies. You could sit and just go through all the books. It was just fantastic. Um, and it smelled good and 
was it was a wonderful place to get lost in on a rainy day in LA. So it, it was like that's when kind of like the I started finding out about shadow work. I started diving deeper um, into spiritual seeking. I had a friend that was a channeler and a psychic and I, she, because I have so much earth in my chart, she, people would always want me to go with them when they would go do lead spiritual stuff or um, been with her on a couple exorcisms and channeling and I mean it's intense and it's a lot and I'll be honest I don't hear anything I don't see anything but I feel a change of the energy in the room and that's all I can tell you is that physically I can feel the change so and it's a lot so that's why personally um for myself I, I you know I'm still focused on working on my own physical body and my own energy. So once again, I bring my attention back to what is going on with my own emotional body. Where am I holding body armor? Where so chakra block chakra, body armor. Um, opening up chakra, opening up circulation. Uh, so once again, as above, so below, the microcosm and the macrocosms is one of the things I love about chakra alchemy is that there is real science behind the colors and healing and crystal healing and, and how we observe color and sound and vibration into our own nervous system. So I went to go repair my heart chakra. <laughs> it was, you know, I had been through therapy. I went through just a horrible phase of learning how to even say I liked myself, work myself up to say I love myself enough to keep myself alive and stop hurting myself and stop trying to destroy myself. But this was another level. This was another level. This was learning how to put my needs and wants first instead of always self-sacrificing for the relationships in my life, my work relationships, my personal relationships, my friendships. And I ended up in India. I'd sold everything. Like I was just... <laughs> It was miserable. I was drowning in bad poetry. And I took off, went to India. Before I went, this guy, he, he had, I had come out of the bar, hanging out with some friends of mine, saying bye. And I come out, this guy asked, you know, can I wash your windows? And I was flush with some cash. So I was like, yeah, man, go ahead. And he started talking to me. He's like, hey, you know, I told him about my trip. He's like, don't bring a camera bring oil pastels, bring a drawing pad. And I was like, challenge accepted. So the first time I went to India and I backpacked, I, I didn't bring a camera. I just brought a drawing pad, some pencils and oil pastels. It was pretty cool. It, it, it was, it was challenging, but it, it was a good, good kind of challenge. And so that was that 
artistic freedom I wanted to express. I wanted more of it, more of it. So this is where I was taking, while I was going through this, how to fix my heart chakra phase. And once again, throwing everything at it, but the kitchen sink, dance, yoga, books, you know, <laughs> um, dating myself, um, on and on it went. Oh God, I went to so many psychics. Um, and eventually when I found out that, you know, this guy that I was all twisted up about that he was marrying, I cut all my hair off. I buried it under the tree. I just shaved my fucking head. And I was like, all right, let's go Kung Fu this earth. I'm, I'm too crazy to ever get married. I'm going to be celibate the rest of my life. Let's figure out how to do this being comfortable being me and like within days of that some friends of mine tag team me I had them both like calling through on the phone telling me I had to go to this place and and there was this deal and I talked to another friend and we went to this seminar and I had a really bad attitude about this I had been to one of these self-help seminars before and then they ended up locking us all in the room afterwards convincing us we had to sell our friends and I felt trapped and so <laughs> I had a really bad attitude towards self-help and but at this point I was like what the fuck why not I, I once again I was willing to try anything and this you know anything to help me with the trauma tr the triggers and we went in there like I said, I had a really bad attitude. I mean, I didn't even dress up. I was wearing like boys cargo pants and they were low hung around the hips and big platform shoes and a little itty bitty tank top where like my nipples just fucking jump out when it's cold. My hair was all cut off and big hoop earrings. And I sat in the back with my legs crossed with a like, yeah, show me what the fuck you got attitude. And Chris Howard was the instructor he was nlp instructor and teaches hypnotherapy and he's a really cool aries dude and he's such an aries and he has so much warrior energy and he's studied martial arts for a long time and he's also studied with shaman he's a very interesting guy um and he also has acting experience which i picked up right away and being an actor i have a soft spot for other performers and actors and artistic people and I love Aries energy men women just I I love the fire I don't have a lot of fire in my chart so I tend to be great I tend to there's a word I want to use but I can't think of it right now but I'm drawn to fire signs and Chris speaks truth you know he knows his shit he's a great teacher and I'm constantly redoing his basic intro program whenever it's available because even though I've heard it so many times I always hear it fresh in another way and it got me to thinking about that there was a possibility that I could rebuild my nervous system repattern my nervous system listen to my physiology I already knew how to listen to my physiology from massage I know how to listen to my 
physiology from Tai Chi, but this was taking it to another level and aligning and connecting what I'm thinking with my physiology. Now, the rub is having early childhood trauma is that it, my trauma occurred pre-verbal. The, the, my rapes from my family member occurred when I was a toddler. So, so much of my triggers are non-verbal. There's no, I just freeze. There, there's no words. It just, there's a reaction. There's a shutdown. It's like the opening of Get Smart when he goes through and all the steel doors just all slam shut really fast. And so there was, um, I needed to find how to marry the two. And once again, when you have had early childhood sexual trauma, you have to live it to know it. And so no matter how good a teacher is or how good a book is or how good something is, I then have to take that information and get more clarity on it and look at it through the filters that my nervous system was built through and how I'm still reacting to my environment and how I still feel physically in my body and how I still react emotionally. And a lot of this had to do with letting go of the shame I felt about being broken. And this all lived in my heart chakra and my glutes, my ass, clenching, clenching my stomach, clenching everything so tight, body armor to prevent invasion, to prevent hurt, you know, my, and so it's unwinding this reaction and just constantly over and over with repetition affirming in the moment, the safety and protection levels that I have at the moment. And is that satisfactory for me? Can I relax with this with resources that I have at the moment? This is where else I started to learn that play was incredibly important for me to feel safe in the moment. If I'm safe enough to play, then I was safe enough to relax and not I was able to start recalling the physiological memory of what a state of relaxation is, the things I had actually done, things that in my belief system, instead of trying to build something I've never done before, where people take you on all these unbelievable vision quests of places and things I've never done before and using all these fancy words, I needed something I could believe and physically feel in my body. So for me, things like using cartoons or remembering what it's like to body surf in the Pacific Ocean or what it's like to dance in the club when I was a kid and how freeing that was. Things that I could quantify quickly begin to help alter the triggers and help me be able to wind down that, that, that jolt, that shock that, that, that just hits at first and that freezes me up and breath. Um, so for myself, I'm not a big fighter, fight response. Um, I do have a temper. 
<laughs> my mom did. Jo mom. Everyone jokes that my mom passed on her fierce Latina temper to me. It usually takes people, um, they're usually shocked. They're kind of usually surprised at it. Um, I've learned how to channel it. Nobody wants to spend time in an emergency room or a courtroom and it's expensive as fuck. So I have definitely learned to channel my temper. And that was also part of healing my heart chakra. It was finding a way to funnel all that heartbreak and anger. And it just felt like I was walking around with a heart that was wrapped in duct tape with like a few sticks holding it all together. Well, in the rooms of Chris Howard, he would take us through these visioning and he said, choose an area of your life. Either it's relationships, health, money. I chose my relationship with myself. I wanted to know how I was going to Kung Fu the earth and I wanted to be able to do it without always hating on myself, doubting myself, tearing myself down. And he took us on this, you know, like he doesn't tell you what you're seeing. He just takes you through this timeline and asks you to write down what came to you. And I saw myself getting married a year from now. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking crazy. This is fucking bullshit. I wasn't even in a relationship. I've been celibate for three years. I was like, yeah, right, whatever. This was February 2003. October 2003. I had already... I'd come to LA, I had taken the, actually in July, I, I had taken, started beginning my training with Chris Howard um, to learn how to do this because for myself, since he was unable to show me or have a quick answer for me on how to use these tools with trauma, I thought if I understood how to use the tools as a practitioner and a trainer that I can then, you know, start combining it with what I knew about health and start seeing if I can have a little more connection and clarity and understanding of my body's physiological reactions when these triggers happen. So, anywho, here I am. I've been through these trainings. I decided to move back to L.A. I was living in Northern California at the time. And I decided, okay, I want to move back, be closer to my mom, be closer to um, my parents and some friends. And I wanted to, um, there's some artistic, creative, um, theatrical projects I wanted to be part of with some friends. So it was, seemed just like a win-win-win thing all around. <laughs> and I moved back and everyone's grilling me, you know, why you haven't met anybody? You're, you're almost 40. Or, you know, when are you getting married? When are you going to have kids? Why are you going to, you know, you're going to be lonely the rest of your life. Are you into women? You know, just my family was just grilling me. 
And my oldest nephew said, you should go out with my friend's dad. He's old and tall like you. I laughed and they ran and got a picture. And here was this bad boy staring back at me with this wicked little smile. And um, I was like, well, all right. You know, if you say something, say something. At this point, I had already been through so much online dating craziness that I really had just thrown in on the towel and ever meeting somebody. But when the universe throws something in your way, sometimes you get that little green flag on the field. that says, hey, do this, go this way. Well, I was invited to a Halloween party at their home that he was at. I wasn't planning on staying, but it was pouring rain. The outdoor party I was supposed to go to had been canceled. And we ended up talking all night <laughs> after my nephew had ran through pointing out, hey, that's my aunt. And apparently they had been talking me up to my future husband, what was going on. So anyway, I was getting ready to leave for India for a second time to go stay in an ashram in three weeks. I decided I want to get my freak on one more time with this delicious man who um, I ended up going out on a date with and we stayed up all night talking and finished it with Starbucks and a Motel 6 the next morning. And I thought I would never hear from him again. But we had instantly connected and it was that thing when they say when you're you, you completely convinced that you're, you're good. You're good alone. You don't need anyone. And it's all right. And you're at peace with it. <laughs> um, this man comes into my life. We ended up eloping almost a year later, October 2004. In that vision I saw in that seminar, I saw myself getting married July 2004. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. That would never happen. And my husband and I, I had come back from India. I had told him I loved him right before I left. And I was getting on the plane. I got a message that he was in love with me too. We talked every day. I got pneumonia while I was in India. I was falling back as in a medical emergency. My husband picked me up. We were staying at a friend's. And he asked me to move in with him. I told him I wasn't a charity case and he didn't need to take care of me. And I didn't want to live with another man unless he saw a future with me. And he was like, duh, I have a kid. I wouldn't have asked if I didn't. That's how a Capricorn Taurus love language. Anyway, um, so I moved in with him. You know, we, we wanted to test the waters before we got married. And uh, like I said, we eloped to Hawaii. It was awesome. You don't need witnesses in Hawaii. It was just my husband and I and Captain Howie who married us on the beaches of Oahu. And once again, grace, right? You never know when it's going to walk through your door. My husband and I have now been together 19 years, married 18. And, um, He's my best friend. He's amazing. I remember when I first moved in, I was 
so worried like when we got married and his son moved in with us I was so worried about being a good parent and a good wife and I was stressing and I um I remember I said to my husband like I was melting down I was telling my husband how I was worried about disappointing him and he just looked at me and goes oh honey I know I married the bad girl and at that moment it was like that weight was released of needing to uphold and put myself in this box of what I thought was expected of me in a relationship from the very beginning, I refused to do any of that good girl posturing with my husband. I was like, this is who I am. You get who you get. You like it. You don't like it. Whatever. Just, just be real about it. I'm good. I'm, I'm a grown up. Like, you know, I just, you know, don't play me. And... It was, um, but in between all that, before I met my husband and when I got back to India, the in-between, in terms of healing my heart chakra, I, I, when I got back from India, I met my greatest spiritual teacher ever in the parking lot of a market in Los Feliz. It was my dog, Jiva. <laughs> and she was just this little wiggly puppy and she was five, five months old. She was, no, she was three months old. Oh my God, she was so tiny. Lab chow mix. And I remember walking up to the box. I had no money. I just, I had a little cash that my dad had slipped me when he picked me up from the airport. And this puppy and I just locked eyes. I just knew we were meant to be in each other's life. And I took her around the corner and my friend knocked on the door and said, Hey, I'm working my new job. I'm on break. I need you to take care of this puppy till I can get off of work. I didn't even have a car. Like I had to walk home with her. Um, and Jeeva and I were together 17 and a half years. I had lived with her longer than any other person, including my parents in my life and my husband was at the time second longest now my husband's the longest person I've ever lived with in my life um but Jiva opened my heart that closed heart chakra she opened it she gave me purpose my love for her brought me home my love for her helped me resist dangerous adventures and temptations because I never wanted her to be scared in a shelter, not knowing what happened to me. We became very close. We went on all kinds of adventures together, hiking and trips out to Joshua Tree. And I always told her I'd find her the best daddy in the whole wide world that loved her as deeply as I loved her and cherished her and saw what was special about her like I did. She immediately connected with my husband. And watching them together was so much fun. They had their own love language and way of being with each other. And it was at that, and then at some point, 
my cat Rumi had joined also, which was this wonderful little kitty. It had this great personality, and we were just such a tight little crew, all of us. And something I thought would never, ever be in the stars for me ended up being something that came through when I sat down <laughs> on a cold, rainy day in San Francisco with a really bad attitude and decided to give this self-love stuff one more shot. All right. Um, peace out. As always, um, any... Thing I share, this is my personal experience. I am not diagnosing, diagnosing or instructing or suggesting or anything. Um, if you want to connect with me and see how I do magical planning, I do little TikToks on that, um, the Bad Girl Mystic TikTok channel. And in Instagram gallery, I show my coloring alchemy and therapy that I've been doing to rebuild and soothe my neurological system from complex multiple traumas and traumatic brain injury. All right. Um, peace out. There'll be one more episode this year for this podcast, The Bad Girl Mystic Experience. And it's the next one up is called The Wounded Witch. And that will be the last episode in this series. Thank you all of those that have stayed with me and been listening. I appreciate you and send you much love and gratitude.